I pray that you will allow him to speak into your life today as we continue looking at getting God's guidance. And thinking about this, I, I just want to take another survey this morning, so please participate. It's no fun if you don't, and so uh, please participate. If, if someone were to offer you a $12,000 increase per year, in other words, you'd have another $1,000 a month to have discretionary funds, but it involved moving to another city, how many would say, get the moving van ready? Okay, yeah. All right, now, some of you jumped the gun because I was prepared to go higher, all right? Um, how many of you, let's just keep this going for a moment. Uh, how many of you, if, okay, not just 12, but what if someone offered you $50,000 more per year, would buy plane tickets to come back and visit people and whatever, uh, how many would be ready to move? Okay. Okay, we didn't quite get everybody. Let's see. Uh, how many of you, if you could get a job, if you were offered a very real job, and it would pay you $100,000 more per year, you would move? All right, some of you are hard sells, I'll tell you. Uh, that's impressive. All right, decisions, decision-making. How many of you know decisions today determine your tomorrow, right? You are right now a representation of the decisions of your past. And we make our decisions, someone said, and then our decisions make us. And God is writing a story. And what's interesting and wonderful about God is God is an equal opportunity story writer. He wants to write a story of your life. He wants it to be a special story. He wants it to be a story that thrives and that gives him honor and glory. And in the words of Jesus in John 10, 10, that speaks of life and life to the full. God wants us to have that kind of life. And so he enters into this story with us and, and allows us to become part of his actual story here in the world. And last week we looked at how important it is to get our priorities set first. That it's the who before the do. Some of you were here last week and some of you were actually paying attention, all right, which is even better. And then we said it is the why before the what. Yeah, very good. And so uh, we, we've got to get those priorities first. And next week, we're going to talk about some really important things. We're going to talk about hearing aids next week. And so don't miss next Sunday. That's all I've got to say. Because we're going to talk about ways to hear God better and, and so you don't want to miss it next week as we talk about hearing aids. But today, we want to talk about how wisdom plays out. Because 
We live in a culture where everything I read tells me that people have as much or more stress today than they've ever had before. And people get stressed out about making decisions. And, and part of it, they say, is because there are so many decisions to be made. Last week I referenced this and how the, you know, the Netflix generation, you just have so many options just to even sit at home and watch TV. It's just like, man, what, what, what do you want to watch tonight? And it's like, I don't know, I'm overwhelmed with all the options that, that are out there. And so as a result, sometimes what we can have is we get paralyzed. And then in addition to that, there is the illusion of perfection is what it, uh, some people refer this, uh, or this about. And, and it's really a perfection, what I call perfection perception. And that is through social media for the most part. Uh, on social media, most people post their highlight reel. You know that, right? You know, it's the filtered picture. You know, there were 110 selfies taken before that one was posted, right? That one, that one, that one the first snap, you know. I mean, adjustments had to be made, perhaps some filters had to be used, and maybe some Photoshop had to take place before that photo could get put out there. And so what happens is, is you look at other people's lives through social media and you think, oh my gosh, they made this dinner and it turned out perfect. What, what you don't know is all the other dinners they scrapped and did not post, you know, but this one turned out good. And, and so they post this one. And so then someone says, oh, my husband is so awesome. Look what he did for me. You know, he came home with all these flowers. And, and you know, then he's taking me out. And, and he's got a vacation planned and all this. And, and, you know, and you got your wife a card. And you think, I am such a loser. You know, I am, I am just a loser. Big L on my forehead. And, and then people post. And it looks like they've got the perfect body. They had the perfect vacation. They have the perfect relationship. It just seems like everything is perfect. And you're finally like, you know what? My life just sucks. That's what it does. It just, it's just bad. I, I don't even compare to these people and and what's the problem is you're comparing your behind the scenes to their highlight reel see you 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 don't have people for the most part who post all the burnt dinners you know and the mess ups and the things like that it's mostly the highlight reels that we post and so as a result we, we can get this perfection image which is a false perception. I remember growing up and hearing people talk about God's perfect will for your life. And that sounded so good, but then it seemed like it put pressure on. You know, and it was like, well, I got to I I don't want to miss that cuz you know, perfect I want to be 99%. You know, one a little bit off, and now I miss God's perfect will for the rest of my life. But then I got to thinking about that, you know, and I thought, yeah, especially in thinking about choosing a mate and, 
and, and on. Who is that out of, you know, so many billion people on the planet, you know, the right one. And, and you know, I don't want to get the wrong one. And, and so I got to make sure through all these billions of people that I follow God because I want to make sure I get the right one and, and be in his perfect will. But then I got to thinking about that. And I thought, what if a few thousand years ago, one guy messed up and married the wrong person? Okay, follow me on this. He marries the wrong person, so therefore that person can't marry the right person. Because now they're married to the wrong person. And then he's married to the wrong person, so the person he was really supposed to get married to can't marry him. And so you get this trickle effect. By now, nobody can marry the right person. Because it's all been messed up. It's a domino effect. And, and so when you think about that, and you think about how we can get this perfection perception that, you know, if I follow the perfect will of God, then it'll be perfect. Then the path will be perfect then everything will just come up roses. There won't be problems, there won't be resistance, there won't be struggles. And then we read the Bible, right? And the Bible tells us a different story because if there was ever a guy who seemed to have God's favor on his life and wanted to please God and be in what? I would call from childhood the perfect will of God. It was Paul the Apostle. I mean, he wrote about half or more of the New Testament. I don't know how much you've written, okay? But when you compare your life, my life to that, and then you compare all of this all of the churches that he started all over that area of the world at that time, Paul can be credited with the spreading of the gospel as much as anyone who's ever, ever lived. And yet, if we read his story, we'll read some raw details of his life. So if you have a Bible... Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and we're going to read a few verses, and I want to highlight a few things, and you may want to jot a few, couple things down, so if you got the program in your hand, follow along with me, but they'll bring it up on the screen. Here's what it says, perhaps, Paul says, now isn't that interesting? I, I don't know what perhaps means to you, but it's, it's kind of like maybe, right? You know, perhaps, you know, if you say, uh, are you coming over today? Perhaps. I don't know about you, but I don't count on that. Do you? I, think, I don't think they're coming over. If they get a better deal, right? <laughs> they're leaving the door open. If they get a better deal, they're not coming over. And so perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. Next verse. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope, notice this uncertainty, I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work 
has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. Notice the opposition. I thought if you did what God wants you to do, you wouldn't have opposition. I thought if you walked in the perfect will of God, that everything would be perfect. I, I thought if you followed God's perfect plan for your life, that it'd be a smooth road, that no one would come against you. Really? Is that how it works? According to Paul, it does. According to Paul, there, there was a little bit of uncertainty in his life, but Paul was okay with that. And we're going to come back to that in a few moments. But, but it's like we want God, and see if you're like this, we want God to tell us what to do. Right? Does anybody pray like that? God, just tell me what to do. Like God's going to say, ring. You know, you look at your cell phone and it says heaven. You know, oh, it's heaven calling. It must be God, you know. And, and, and we want that. That's what, we, we want God to, you know, somehow uh, when we're looking around at people, God will just illuminate the one we're supposed to marry. You know, they'll just start glowing. You know, well, there they are. That's them. That somehow God will direct our path in such a way that, that it's like him speaking to us. And yet, often in the Bible it shows us there's a path that I would call a path of wisdom. And, and Solomon, who was going to be king, now think about this, these are big shoes to fill. His dad had conquered territories like no one else had ever done. Uh, David was, was a mighty warrior. He was an incredible leader and built Israel into a power like it had never been before as a nation. And then that gets handed off to you. And you feel like you're a kid to lead this great nation. And the Bible says that God appeared to Solomon after he had made these incredible sacrifices to God. He gave and gave out of his personal treasury. It wasn't just for everyone in Israel giving, but he himself personally gave like a, a thousand burnt offerings to God because of God allowing him to be king. And God looked down at this man's generosity. He, he looked down at his generous attitude and his humble beginnings of taking over this nation. And he said to Solomon, ask what you want. Can you imagine? Ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And the Bible says Solomon thought for a moment and he says, God... I'm like a child trying to lead this nation. I mean, my dad has handed this over to me. I, I, I'm in awe of what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to lead these people, and they are your people. And the task is so great. God, out of all the things that you could give to me, what I would ask for is wisdom. Would you just give me wisdom to guide your people. And listen, this is interesting what God said back. God said, because you have not chosen long life for yourself. You could have. 
You could have chosen riches. You could have chosen that all your enemies would be dead. That you'd have a clear, smooth path. You could have asked for things for yourself, but instead you asked to be able to lead better for my people. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not only going to give you the wisdom that you asked for, but I'm also going to open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive eventually. And essentially, that's what God did in his life. And listen to what Solomon said about this, because if we could, you know, bring Solomon into the room today and ask him, Solomon, what, what do you think what, 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 about decision-making? What, what should we do? What should we seek after? Here's what I believe Solomon would say. Proverbs 4, verse 7, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. That's what he would say today. You want to know what's the best thing you could do? It is, is get wisdom. And whatever else you do, develop. Notice that. Develop good judgment. In other words, take it from me. A person who asks God to give him wisdom, you've got to develop some things. Some things don't just zap on you. Some things you just don't wake up overnight and you're wise. Some things take development in your life. How many know that some things have to develop? How many of you, the only reason why you're married to that person today is because something developed, right? It didn't start out that way, but something developed in your life. And Solomon says, here's what you need to do because what's going to happen in your life is there's going to be some regrets otherwise. And again, just like last week, some of you can attach your greatest heartaches to some of your worst decisions, right? You know, I didn't think traveling was going to be a big idea. I never knew that going to lunch with him or going to lunch with her would lead to this affair. I didn't know that it would destroy my family. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I, I just thought it was innocent. I just thought that it was a simple thing. I didn't see that coming. And, and so what Solomon says is wisdom helps you to see it coming. So here's some things to write down today. If you want to get wisdom, like Solomon says, if you can't get anything else today, get this, get wisdom. The first thing you need to do is walk toward wisdom. You have to walk toward wisdom. Proverbs, again, chapter 13, verse 20. Look at what it says. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. The Bible says you've got to walk with wise people if you want to be wise, because a companion of fools suffers harm. Three guys in a pickup truck late at night with one beer is a problem, right? There, there's a problem going down the road. Uh, there, there, there's a situation that, that's, that's not good. And if you're one of those guys, you put yourself in that position. 
You've made a choice. You, you've, you know, when, when you are, are trying to get off drugs and, 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 you know, the gym where you work out, and you look around and your workout buddies, they, they also do drugs. There's a problem there, right? When your closest people around you are not serving God or not following after God, and you want to, at least you say, you want to follow after God. How many know it's time for new friends? Right? Some of you, you need to delete some contacts maybe today out of your phone. You need to eliminate some people out of your life. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's almost impossible to get to the right life with the wrong friends. Did you hear that? It's almost impossible to get to the right life with the wrong friends. And so if you want to grow in wisdom, if you want to make wise choices, the Bible says walk with wise people. Walk with wise people. It isn't a one-time meeting. It's not a one-time event. It's not a one-time thing. You've got to walk in it. Everybody say, you've got to walk. You've got to walk toward it. You, you've got to walk in. So that would be like going to life group this week and talk about maybe the lesson that we talked about today. And say, you know, I was thinking about that. And, and, and you know, I've made some pretty dumb choices in my life. And, and you know, I don't want to make any of those anymore. And I want you folks to hold me accountable. You guys are my friends. And, and you know, I, I need some of that. And, and you talk over some things. And you talk over maybe, you know, some mistakes you made in parenting or maybe you made some mistakes financially or you made some mistakes some other ways. And you talk over those things. The Bible says that Jonathan, who was a friend of David in the Bible, that he helped him find strength in God when he needed it. You need some friends who help you find strength in God when you need it. And if you don't have those friends, if you can't name off at least one or more, hopefully, in your life, then let me just tell you something. Here's what God would say to you today. Get some new friends. Get some new friends. Get in with a crowd that will influence you in good ways. And by the way, if I was a teenager, I'd go to youth group. I'd go to the, the, the student ministry because I'd want to get around other students who want to do something with their lives that honors God, that, that they're trying to live out God's will for their lives as well. And I want to be in that kind of environment because you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's true. So we want to do this. We want to walk with God. We want this good life. But the Bible doesn't say walking with the wild will lead to a mild life, right? Walking with the broken will lead you to healing. Walking with the broke will lead you to rich. Riches. No. You know, that's the reason why you get people in your life. I know one of the people in my life uh, that has come along in more recent years is a guy who serves on trustees, Mike Comer. 
And Mike and I talk, and, and just recently he's been talking to me about, you know, the future and, and things like that. And Mike's getting ready to retire this next year. And so he's been thinking about it for a long time. And, and he's, you know, talking to me about, are you thinking about it? And I'm like, not so much, you know, because I'm still, you know, not ready to even think about retirement, but I know I need to. You know, it's one of those things I know I need to. I know I need to plan for the future. I know that the, the, the future is out there, and if you don't plan for it, it's coming anyway, right? And so I love having him in my life to talk to me about that. I, I, one of the people who influenced my life way early on was a guy by the name of Glenn Cole. And we had this one encounter that was a personal encounter. And he was this like superhero pastor guy of thousands of people out in California back in the day. And, and, and when he said that out of all the students he met with in our seminary that, that I was a part of, that... that I had great potential, the most potential of anybody he had met with. And that spoke such life into me, I can't tell you. Because I, it just filled me with a boldness and a power that I was moving in the right direction. And you need people in your life who will speak those things and words of guidance, words of wisdom into your life. Moses had somebody like that. But now, for those of you who are married, now get a, get a load of who this person was. It was Moses' in-law. Okay, now I don't know what kind of in-laws you have. Hopefully they're good in-laws. But, you know, some people don't have the greatest relationship with their in-laws. And Moses' father-in-law came alongside of him because he saw him day after day just getting worn out. Because, get this... People would come to Moses with the toughest questions of their life and ask him for advice. How many like that job? You know, good night. You know, thousands of people would line up all day long with their toughest question and then ask it and wait for Moses. And that was what he did. And his father-in-law is like, he ain't going to last long. He's not going to last long. And so he came around Moses and said, Mo, let me, let me talk to you here. Uh, you know, I love you. You married my daughter. And, and you know I want the best for you. And, and here's the thing. I, I watch thousands of people line up. And it's impressive that they think you're smart enough to know everything. And, and I know that must feel good to you. But I'm telling you, you're going to wear out because it's too much. And the people are wearing out because they have to bring lunch. And some of them have to bring lunch and dinner because they wait so long in the line. And, and so it's frustrating for the people. And I'm sure it's got to be secretly frustrating for you. So here's my idea. Why don't you choose 70 people who are sharp? who are smart, and you could speak wisdom into them and train them up, and they could be 70 spots, 70 points in the, in the group to where people could line up, and all of a sudden, everything's lighter, and they just bring the toughest of the tough questions to you. And the Bible says, Moses thought, that's a good idea. Now, if Moses had a thought, 
Who are you to tell me what I'm supposed to do? I am God's man of faith and power. Do you know I split seas in half? Do you know I call flies down on on Egypt? Do you know that it's me that brings darkness on the land? Do you know all the power that I have with God and you have the audacity to try to tell me something? You think I don't know everything? And he could have then gone on to complain to God every day. This is such a tough job. This is so hard. And God would have said, you didn't listen. I sent the answer, but you didn't like who it came through. Hello? Some of us need to humble ourselves because God might be speaking through our kids. God might be speaking through someone else. He might even use your in-law. Right? To speak something into your life and to help you because you could be one friend away from a better marriage. You could be one friend away from better finances. You could be one friend away from less regret in your life if you would just choose your friends more wisely. Walk with the wise. Walk toward wisdom. Here's the second thing to write down is ask for wisdom. Now, I don't know about you, but I love asking Siri things, you know, and, and, and maybe you, you, you love Google, and you know, well, I'm just Google that, you know, and, and it's awesome, isn't it? it? It's just awesome if you're like, oh, man, what's that spot on my head? Well, I'm going to Google that, you know, and, and, and so, you know, you can get all kinds of information, And so it's awesome that you can do that, but I'm telling you, there's something Google cannot give, and that is wisdom. And here's why, because it doesn't come from Google. James chapter 1, verse 5, tells us where it comes from. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask who? God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Wisdom will be given to those who ask. You know how life works? Someone said, when you're uh, the parent of a toddler or whatever, it's like you know everything. It's like you're the smartest person in the world. You're their hero. And then that child grows up, becomes a teenager, and all of a sudden you don't know anything. You don't get them. You know, you went from hero to zero And then later, as they get older, then they think, well, you might know something. And then someone said, and then you turn in to your parent, (laughs) you know. And so when we ask wisdom from God, God will give it to us. Look at Psalm 32, verse 8. Pull it up on the screen. Here's what it says. The Lord says, I will, I love this verse. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. 
God says he will lead, guide, and direct our lives. I don't have time to tell you all the times that God has watched out for me. God has done this so many different times in my life. Because how many of you, it, it's not, you know, you didn't want to be stupid. It just came, right? It just, it just erupted. It just like burped out, you know. It's like, oh my gosh, that was like one of the dumbest things I could have ever done and whatever. And, and here's the beauty about God. God knows the best pathway for our lives. And even when those moments take place, he has already compensated for it. I love that about God, that even in those moments, we can still say, God, I didn't want to be in this mess. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't know it willingly, but unconsciously, I guess I did sign up for this. And so will you please show me how to unsign up? Will you show me how to get back out of this? Will you show me a better path? And the Bible says God knows how to do that. God knows how to do that in our lives. If you're thankful for that because you've made a mistake or two in your life, would you say, yes, yeah, yeah. All right, here's the third thing to write down is decide with wisdom. Okay, you, you finally... You've got to come down to this. You've got to decide with wisdom because somebody has to make the decision, right? You know how that is in your car. You get in the car and you're going to go out to eat and you didn't already decide it first. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, and I don't know how many are in your family, but it doesn't take too many. All right? And, and, and you're like, okay, where are we going? And I don't even want to start the car. You know, because I, I know we, this could be a while. We could run out of gas, you know. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, we should have stayed in the house with air conditioning, you know. Why are we out in the garage here? Uh, and, and so then it's like, well, I don't know where you want to go. Well, I don't care. Wherever you pick, honey, that's fine with me. Just pick it. No, you pick it. I picked it the last time. And you know, you know how it works. And it's like, oh my gosh, we can't even make it. And then finally somebody says, well, somebody's got to decide. Right? And then I decide, and it's the wrong thing. <laughs> well, anywhere but there, right? Does that only happen in my house? All right. Confession is good for the soul. So you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a call. And, and Moses, he took this information in from his father-in-law. And he had to decide, am I going to reject this? This could be direction from God actually coming through my father-in-law. This could be a source of, of less stress in my life. This could free me up. This could help me. And so he had to evaluate, and ultimately he had to make the choice and the decision. And finally, that's what you and I have to do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, pull that up. Here's what it says. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. Isn't that interesting? This is Paul, the apostle. No angel appears, no voice out of the heavens, no directive from some scripture or whatever, because I don't know about you, there's things I, I, I know that I can't find in the Bible. 
You know, there, there's things like, you know, should I take this job or not? And, and there's nothing in there about, you know, that factory job. And there's nothing in there about, you know, that job over in California. There's not that job uh, voice uh, uh, about those things in here. You know, there's no computer analyst in there. Oh, that's what I should do. And so when you can't find the exact thing, Paul says, you know, there was a time where we didn't know what to do. But here's what we did. We thought it best. And that's where you've just got to walk and trust God and trust his wisdom. You've asked for it. You've believed for it. You've put friends around your life that are wise. And now the point comes where you've got to make the best decision you can on whatever it is. And you know what? You may decide wrong. And hopefully all that will be is an extra bill will start arriving next month at your house. Shouldn't have bought it, but you did. Or maybe it's going to be an extra semester in school because of choosing wrong in your major. But, you know, you can recover from that. Or maybe you've got an extra kid because you were careless, all right? People come to me and they say, we don't know what happened. And I think, didn't you take sex ed? You know, I took it. It was very basic. It was strange back when I took it. But I'm sure you figured this out. I I don't think I would have to explain it to you. Anyway, a side note. Here's the thing. Is I want to give you some good news here as we wrap this up. My God is with me on the path. If I'm choosing to follow after him. If I'm choosing to try to please God with my life. Then he has promised I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you always. Even to the end of the world. And so Paul says here's what's good about having God with you. Is he will work the good, the bad, and the ugly all together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Are you trying to serve God today? Do you want his his purpose lived out in your life? Do you believe that the God of the universe has the best plan, the best purpose, the best ambitions for your life? Then if you just try to go in that direction, if you just get friends around you who are people of God, who are people of wisdom, who can speak into your life, if you are asking him for wisdom like Solomon every day and you make the best choice and the best decision that you can possibly make then here's what I want you to know is even if it doesn't work out God will work even those things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose I'm telling you I serve God because one day I'm going to heaven but there's another thing that I'll let you in on I serve him because of what he does for me today He takes my mishaps, my mistakes, and my bad decisions, and he works it all together for the good. Hallelujah. So today, will you just walk toward wisdom? Will you get friends around you? Will you ask 
God for his wisdom to be imparted to you and then will you make the decision that you believe he wants you to make and I believe if you'll do that God will be on the path with you let's pray father I thank you so much that you have walked with me you have helped me all along life's way every day day in day out you've been there and God, I know what you've done for me, you'll do for others as well. So God, today I ask that you'll just help us with that. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Craig, there's some decisions I've got coming up. There's some things in my life that I just need God's direction, his guidance, his help. I, I, I want to choose good friends around me. And I, I want to ask for God's wisdom more than anything else here today. Because I want to follow after God every day that I live. How many with me would just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want my life just to be pleasing to him and walking with wisdom. Yes. Father, you see all these hands that are raised. And I know some people... It may be a big job transfer, or it may be a thing where uh, perhaps it's choosing a mate, and there's nothing bigger than that other than choosing you as Lord and Savior. God, it may be a decision of whether to buy that house or stay where they are, or whatever it is. God, I pray that you just help your people to walk with wisdom. That you will help them to seek after you and seek you first. And all these other things you said would be added unto us. And so, Lord, you said if we lack wisdom, we can ask today. So, God, many of us are asking right now for your wisdom to come into our lives. Maybe as we still pray, there's others of you who have made some poor choices and today, your life's not what you wish it could have been. And maybe you even feel like you've made so big of mistakes that it could not get corrected. I want you to know that you've never made a decision so big. But what God is bigger than that decision. He is bigger than your biggest mistake. He is bigger than your worst fears and your, your worst decisions of your life. And I serve a God, we serve a God who is bigger than all of our mishaps, all of our misfires, everything that we've done in our lives. And God can even work that together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So today, if you'd like God to take your misfires, your mishaps, your mistakes, and, and turn it around in your life, and maybe today it's a coming back to God. Maybe you walked away from Him and many of those mistakes were because of that. Maybe you're here today and, and you've never really walked with God, but today you'd like to start that walk with Him. Would you just raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. Just pray for me right now. How many are here? Yes, I see that hand. How many others? Yeah, yes, over here. God bless you. All right. A few hands have been raised around the room. So let's just pray this prayer together. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die as my sacrifice to pay for my sins, all of my mistakes. As of today, I want to start over. So as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Come in and take over. 
Help me to be what you want me to be. And from this day on, I will serve you only. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's welcome those who prayed that prayer. So awesome.